Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, what if your home's title, which is the legal document that proves you own your home, is in some criminal's name? Well, that's called home title theft, and criminals all over the world can find your home's title online, and then they'll forge your signature, they'll take out loans against your home, or even worse, sell your home. Now, how do you know some criminal is not taking over the title to your home? You can find out with sign up at HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code Sean, S-E-A-N. The world is becoming more and more unstable by the day. And many Americans are not waiting around to find out how bad it could get. They're making the decision to diversify their wealth with precious metals like gold and silver. And they're turning to the top-rated precious metals company, GoldCo. Right now, GoldCo is offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. Go to HannityGold.com to learn more. That's HannityGold.com. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. Hey, can't make it to your mom's on Mother's Day? Well, you can still deliver a smile with 1-800-Flowers.com right now. 24 multicolored roses, 24 bucks, a dollar a rose. Just go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click on the radio icon, and put in my last name, Hannity. Hey, welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. It's Mark Simone here for Sean. He'll be back on uh, Monday. It's uh, Friday today, so we'll get lots of great stuff to get to. Uh, we'll have nothing but fun today. We'll go over everything that happened. Yes, what are you laughing at? It's Friday. Linda is laughing. What, what, do we have to be dead serious? No, I'm just so excited that we're starting in such a jovial mood. Fantastic. Yeah, what am I, Stephen Colbert? I'm happy. I'm not some uh, angry, bitter, raging nut job. Uh, in fact, remind me to get to this. If you watch Seth Meyers' Stephen Colbert, we have to have a little talk with you uh, in a moment. And remind me to get to Huma Abedin. And how the hell she's not indicted? How could that be? Uh, We'll get to that. We'll get to health care, but not in uh, excruciating detail. We'll just kind of sum it up for you. We'll get to President Trump. He's in Bedminster, New Jersey right now at his golf course. It's pouring rain here in the New York City area, so no golf today. Uh, I think, uh, well, this guy could be the Democratic nominee next time around. Uh, We'll go over that. Uh, the French election, all of that stuff. Kentucky Derby is tomorrow. Congratulations to Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski that got engaged. Isn't that wonderful? I give that a year tops. (laughs) Tops. (laughs) You know, did you see the other day they had that little lover's quarrel on the air? They really got nasty with each other, so they went away for a romantic weekend, and they end up married or engaged. They're not married yet. This will not only... Uh, screw up both their lives, but this will destroy that show. <laughs> Watch. 
when they really start fighting, I, one year from now, that show is going to be impossible to watch. The ten, it's, yeah, who watches it now? But the tension will be unbelievable. Uh, we got to get to all these airlines and the way they're treating people. It is absolutely disgusting. Uh, El Chapo, uh, you know, he's in prison. This is the big Mexican drug lord. They're holding him here in New York. The judge just said, you have to remain in solitary. They wouldn't. He wanted this. He wanted to visit with people. They wouldn't let him any of that. But they said, you can have phone conversations with your wife. <laughs> like, that's a big price. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. How long has he been married? If he has like six months, maybe that's good. But uh, you're about 15 years. If you could have one luxury in jail, phone calls with your wife is probably not it. But uh, he has $14 billion. That's one reason. Oh, by the way, he can't have these phone calls unless they're monitored. He has $14 billion that they think he has stashed away somewhere. And a couple of people come up with, with a great idea. Take that $14 billion. The government can seize it if it's from drug deals. They do this all the time with drug dealers. They seize their assets. The $14 billion would pay for the wall. It's a great idea. It would more You could have two walls for that uh, $14 billion. So let's go over yesterday. Oh, by the way, we'll take some calls, too. 1-800-941-SEAN is the number. 1-800-941-SEAN. So what exactly happened yesterday with all this health care stuff? Now, I don't want to go through uh, all the uh, details because it's excruciatingly painful when you get into the nuts and bolts of it. It's not uh, – listen, this Obamacare, it's a lovely idea. We'll provide health care for everybody. It sounds great to me, but the problem is when they passed it, uh, it ended up being a complicated, convoluted mess. And for m- millions of families that were paying uh, $100 and $200 a month for health care insurance, they're suddenly paying 1200 a month. and 1500 a month, and it's destroying their budgets. Their kids are not going to go to college because of this. It's a horrible, horribly destructive thing to lots of families across America. It's got to be fixed. So even if you like the idea of providing this health care, you can't have astronomical premiums that destroy families' budgets. You can't have preposterous deductibles that are 10000 15000 It doesn't make any sense. So it's got to be fixed. This stuff that the uh, House passed... Uh, yesterday, uh, it's got its problems, its flaws, but you got you got to do something. Now it passed the House yesterday; it will go to the Senate. What what was uh, passed yesterday will not go to the Senate in its in the current form. So what you, when you hear all these uh, Rachel Maddow's pick it apart and say, "Oh, it's got this wrong with it, that wrong," that's not what the Senate's going to pass. They will spend the next two months tweaking it, adjusting it, getting it uh, much in much better shape, and then that's what they'll pass. So don't worry about what was passed yesterday. Hey, and if you're a Democrat, if you're a liberal listening to me right now, you can blame the Democrats for this repeal. They are 100% to blame for this. Now, when Obama and company uh, did the Obamacare, and remember, this uh, President Obama was not exactly uh, Mr. Workaholic. Uh, people that were in that White House will tell you it wasn't exactly a lot of meetings or a lot of anything. There wasn't much on the schedule every day. And when it came to Obamacare, he let... Everybody else put it together. Let the the congressmen and women and the senators put it together and the insurance companies. There's a recipe for disaster. So once you got it and it didn't quite work right and the premiums got ridiculous and skyrocketed and the deductibles were too high, uh, all the Democrats, all the liberals, the Obama administration, you had six and a half years to fix it. You should have been tweaking that every couple of months. You should have said, well, we got to fix the deductible problem. Let's work on that. And six months later, you pass something. And then the high premiums or the insurance pool, whatever, every six months, 
You should have been tweaking it and fixing it so that by the time you left office, that thing had been so fixed up it was just perfect. Then nobody could repeal it. So blame the Democrats for passing this monstrosity. They're just leaving it as is. Not bothering to fix anything. They just left it the way it was. Hey, and also, let's not let the Republicans off the hook. They also had six and a half years to come up with the perfect replacement and go over it and over it and over it. And they don't seem to have that ready either. So uh, we'll see what happens. But in a, in a few months, the Senate will, will get to it. It was important yesterday just to get something through the House, just to show that it, it could be done. Uh, Huma Abedin, I see people are calling about that already. This Huma Abedin, nobody will ever be able to explain how she's not indicted. If you watch the Comey testimony, uh, first of all, you can never have any confidence in James Comey again if you watch that testimony. But uh, the way he explained it was she sent 40,000 emails to Anthony Weiner, many of them classified. And, of course, the last person who would ever get a clearance for anything is Anthony Weiner, the guy sexting with 15-year-olds who would want him possessing any classified information. So, obviously, that's illegal. Obviously, if you deliberately send 40,000 emails over there, you violated the law. And then everybody kept grilling Comey on why she wasn't indicted, why she wasn't charged. And then he tried this explanation of intent. Well, it wasn't her intent. And then Cruz really pinned him down. And he went over the laws exactly. There's nowhere in these laws where it says intent should be considered. That has nothing to do with anything, your intention. You could always claim, you know, I didn't intend it. It's not even in the law. It's not Comey's place to even make that uh, call. You send it over. You're just the investigator. You send it over to the Justice Department, and they'll decide all that. But as uh, Comey made clear several times in his testimony, uh, there was no way that attorney general was indicting anybody. I mean, he didn't say the fix was in, but he said the fix was in. He basically said it. So when asked to explain what the possible reason she would be sending Anthony Weiner all these emails, he explained. She said, well, Hillary likes to see it in print. She can't read off a computer. She needs it printed out. And that's why they sent the emails to Anthony Weiner. But nobody ever asked him, what does that mean? The State Department, you ever been to the State Department? It's a building two blocks long. 6,000 people work in this building. They have 1,200 printers right in the building there. You, you couldn't assign somebody to print these out for the Secretary of State? Are we supposed to believe they had a meeting? What are we going to do? How do we get these printed out? And that at some point Huma said, you know, my husband has a laptop and a printer. We could send it to him. He could print them out. I could fly to New York and pick them up. <laughs> Who would believe that was the uh, that was the reason that they were sent to him? Only he, this guy with his pants down and a laptop and a printer. First of all, we got to hope he's got 40,000 pieces of paper to print this stuff out on. And how many of uh, those uh, ink cartridges would you need? You have to go buy uh, a shopping cart full of them just to print out 40,000 pages. Anyway, let me know what you think. 800-941-SEAN is the number. And I want to talk seriously about something. If you watch Stephen Colbert every night, if you're one of these um, one of these uh, liberals that watches Colbert or Seth Meyers, you really need to uh, think about this. You know, if you watch Rachel Maddow, that's one thing. I-, I could see that. You know, she comes on and she explains to you what's wrong with the health care. She goes through the policy and here's what's wrong with this and here's what's wrong with this policy. Okay, you could watch that. But to watch a bitter raging guy make the most vicious 
vicious comments. It's not like he's discussing policy or anything. Just these vicious attacks. And even that's okay for a couple of minutes. You remember he used to watch Jay Leno and uh, he would do 50 jokes in every monologue. And in the middle, there would be six of them about uh, President Bush. He'd make fun of President Bush for a few jokes. But then the rest of the monologue was about something else. Then they'd have guests talk about everything in the world. But this is different. This is a guy where the 50 jokes in the monologue, all 50 are about Donald Trump. And then when they're done with that, he goes and sits at the desk and then attacks Donald Trump for 15 minutes. And then a guest comes out and attacks Donald Trump for 10 minutes. And then another guest comes out and attacks Donald Trump for another 10 minutes. And then finally they end with the musical thing with the band sings an awful song about Donald Trump. The whole thing for 60 minutes is a bitter, raging attack on Donald Trump. You really need to see a psychiatrist if you're watching that. I could understand liking a few jokes. And then you're done with this Colbert show at 1230. Let me put on Seth Meyers. And for one hour, it's a vicious attack on Donald Trump. Again, uh, watch Jimmy Kimmel. He talks about everything. Somewhere in there, there's a couple of jokes about Donald Trump. That's fine. But to watch a raging hour of bitter rage against Donald Trump for a whole hour, if you told that to a psychiatrist, they would make you lie down. They might even take out their prescription pad. Uh, something is wrong with you. But if you if you disagree, call me, 800-941-SEAN is the number. Let's go to uh, Sharon in Mississippi. Hey, Sharon. And it's good to hear you. Thanks. Um, I'm just getting a real kick out of the censorship backlash. You know, everybody uh, telling Stephen Colbert to uh, fire Stephen Colbert. Well, I don't want to see him fired. I believe in free speech. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can handle it. He can say whatever he wants. I'm not a snowflake. Okay. <laughs> but one thing, with that comment the other night was a nasty, homophobic, anti-gay slur. And you know what I do when I hear things like that come out of people's mouths? I turn around and walk the other way. Yeah, okay. My, my husband and I have been doing that to each other for 40 years. Really? You talk like <laughs> that? I wouldn't believe that of you. But, <laughs> hey, wait, wait. There is a double still. Look at this Jesse Waters. He makes a little double entendre joke. The guy's gone for seven days. Colbert says the worst thing in the world. Back the next night. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I know. And, and it's censorship, guys. And, and that's why I'm a little bit worried. But I'll be honest with you. I've started... Speaking out with my dollars, um, we got rid of our cable a long time ago, and we have our local conservative radio station and a couple of conservative channels, and uh, we've been writing down all the people that advertise. Oh, but I, I don't believe in those advertiser boycotts. Well, I don't believe in boycotting either, but um, we had a, uh, a law that here that, you know, in Mississippi, there's been a law in the books that you can open carry. And I, I don't prefer that. I think that puts a target on your back. But um, when they brought that back up again and a few of the guys wanted to, you know, exercise their right, yeah. all the stores put up little decals that huh. said, no way, you can't come in here. This is some so woman. She's got a gun. She talks like Stephen Colbert. Wow. I'm right. not going to mess with you. Well, we just started turning around, waving by, and these people know us. And I thought it was just us. I didn't know how many other people were doing it. But yeah. in, within three months, those stickers came down. All right. Well, good call, Sharon. Thanks a lot for calling. It's Mark Simone here for uh, Sean Hannity. Oh, hey, check out my um, Twitter feed. There is a picture of Donald Trump, or it's on Instagram. Nobody will show you this picture. No news outlet will run this picture because it's a very touching, powerful picture of Donald Trump and a veteran. It's Mark Simone NY at Twitter or Mark Simone NY at Instagram. Linda, did you see that picture? It's very moving. Uh, anyways, uh, it's Mark Simone here for Sean. Ann Coulter will be with us, Lou Dobbs and more. 
Coming up on the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, the older you get, the busier life becomes. Now, what used to be so simple, a trip to mom for Mother's Day, well, it's not as easy anymore. And while there's no substitute for watching mom light up when she sees you, well, our friends at 1-800-Flowers.com, well, you can still show all the moms in your life you care. And right now, 1-800-Flowers is giving you an exclusive 24 for 24 offer. That's 24 multicolored roses, just 24 bucks. That's a dollar a rose. Pick your delivery date. Let 1-800-Flowers handle the rest now premium roses from 1-800-Flowers they're always picked at their peak shipped overnight to ensure maximum freshness and of course mom's amazement 24 multicolored roses 24 bucks an amazing offer it expires Friday don't miss this opportunity to show all the moms in your life how much you miss them and love them now just go to 1-800-Flowers.com get 24 stunning multicolored roses 24 bucks a dollar a rose click on the radio icon and put in my last name, Hannity. 1-800-Flowers.com, radio icon, Hannity, offer ends Friday. Hey, welcome back. It's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Oh, uh, the job numbers today, sensational. The job numbers, they were expecting um, uh, like 150,000 jobs, uh, 211,000. The employment rate, unemployment rate, drops to 4.4. That's the lowest in 10 years. Now, what does that mean, 10 years? That means 2007. That means before the crash, before all of that, lowest uh, unemployment rate in 10 years. You talk to business uh, men, business owners, w- business women, they'll all tell you yeah, a lot of it is the health care reform. If they know it's coming, they can hire. The problem is uh, uh, business owners will tell you they want to hire a guy, let's say, for 50000 a year. It's going to be another 22000 in health care costs. If you can, and sometimes that stops them. If, if they're going to hire five, they can only hire one uh, because of those extra costs. So if it looks like there's health care relief coming, that's a big factor. Also, uh, if it looks like uh, business tax will be down, which it will be, that's another reason they can go ahead and hiring. So people who are putting it off wondering uh, are, are more anxious to hire. And this will just get better and better as as things get passed. Let's take a call or two. Let's go to uh, uh, Bob in Georgia. Hey, Bob. Well, hello, Mark. How you doing? Let me check. Uh, Listen, not I bad. Want... Not bad. Sir? How you doing? I'm doing fine. I uh, I just want to give a little little experience, a little of my experience with Delta, uh, well, Delta a, flights recently. Yeah, let's not mention any airline. They all stink right now. But did they do something bad to you? Uh, well, I I would have to say that uh, it was not one of those things where they dragged me off the plane and beat me or anything like that. I'm going to say that there's something else that is, is extremely important to yeah, passengers. Yeah, but it's only a three-hour show, so give us a hint. What was it? Well, what it was was, uh, first of all, they, uh, the flight attendant... Hey, i got to be honest. We're going to knock you down and drag you off the show right now. <laughs> okay. No, you're a good guy. What happened? You hit on the stewardess? And... <laughs> okay, and then when I got on my last flight, yeah. on my last leg home, uh, I was... Uh, still waiting, oh my God! Waiting, waiting. That is a hell of a story. What a story that is! What do you say? Anyway, it's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Uh, we'll take some more calls in a moment. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? 
just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster. I stay asleep longer. And now you can, too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity. And Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off. And that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. Hey, welcome back. It's the Sean Hannity Show. Mark Simone here for Sean. Uh, he'll be back on Monday. Normally, I'm on uh, 710 WOR, the big flagship New York station. What a lineup. It's me. It's Rush. It's Sean. What more can anybody ask for? Linda even listens. Uh, don't you? Once in a while? I actually do listen yeah, to you. once in a while. She you're very funny in the morning. See? There you go. But in the afternoon, you're a little crabby. But in the morning, you're fantastic. Well, this is uh, like the eighth hour I've been on I've here. had to light, you know, 19 candles for you, set the mood, get yeah, you a little coffee. Yeah, I didn't coffee. know what was going on. I came in. Uh, Linda had filled the studio with candles and a bathrobe and everything. and Trying what to is, set the mood, get you nice and comfy. Like, like you know, you're, Yeah, little pillows. What is little, that robe thing there? Little Republican robe, Republican pillows, oh. nice, you know, red. I don't know what you had in mind. A very friendly show, <laughs> but the reason for these candles—if you have allergies—it actually helps. I don't know why. And who told you that? You and it worked. How many years ago? Uh, a couple of years ago. So there's like seven candles, like all. And around what here. did you say to me? You said I was crazy. You remember? Yeah, but I actually haven't been sniffing or coughing. Exactly, whole... it works. Yeah, it works. So I, was, I, you know, I got all these candles at home, but uh, I'm going to light candles and put them everywhere. You're a single guy. I would think you'd be lighting candles often. No, it looks too weird. This could explain why you're single. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know where you... Where do you, get a, where do you get a candle that big? One of these candles is like the size of a garbage can. It's a very nice candle. Where do you get a candle that big? It's a three-hour show. I got to make sure we're prepared. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, we got lots of stuff to get to. We got to talk about these airlines. We'll get to uh, everything else. But these airlines, somebody has got to do something. And I think at some point, the president of the United States can use this issue. You know, they're talking about, uh, you know, midterms, all of that. Next, you know, they're really going to come after Trump. There are issues that they'll use to drive him out of office. If you become the guy that turns around this airline situation, if you lead the charge, that's instant reelection. People are getting abused all over the place on every plane. You're being treated like farm animals when you get on a plane. And this goes on nowhere else in the world. If you flew on any airline in the world, if you were in Asia, on Cathay Pacific, if you were on uh, Lufthansa, anyway, they treat you like a king or a queen. If you took uh, an airline from the most awful Middle Eastern dictator country, you'll be treated so well on those airlines. If you ever been on uh, Emirate Air? You think you're on the most luxurious cruise you've ever been on. It's only Why is it only in this country we allow this to go on? First of all, uh, there used to be a time where you'd uh, take a seat and maybe there maybe there are a lot of people on the plane. Maybe it's not so full. Now, they no plane can take off unless it is absolutely packed and they've made the seats smaller and smaller and tighter and tighter. They got it down to 31 inches between seats, legroom. 
you could buy the one of those little Fiats that's got more than 31 inches of legroom. And American Airlines just announced they're redesigning the plane. They figured out a way to get it down to 29 inches. And I don't know if you've noticed this. The seat back behind you is getting thinner and thinner and thinner. And what they call the pitch, like how far back it goes. Uh, remember they used to say, put your seat in the upright position. Now you'd pray for that upright position. Now the regular position, the pitch is even higher so they can put the seats behind you even closer. This is absolutely ridiculous. This is not allowed in any other profession. And then uh, Ethan is telling me he's got you got a ticket. You're all paid for. You get you're sitting on the plane. You have to get up. We overbooked the flight. You can't sit here. What? And look at this uh, Delta Airlines video that's gone viral. This guy's not leaving. He's got his kids, and they said, "Well, you're going to go to jail because we can have you arrested, and you're going to jail." He goes, "But I have my my kids here. You'll be in jail, and your kids will be there alone." And who, <laughs> there's no other name, name any other business where you could do this to anybody. Anybody. You imagine if you're in a nice restaurant. Uh, you have to get up. We need the table. We're overbooked. <laughs> well, but I just started eating. If you don't get up, I'm calling the police in here and you're going to jail. It's only because these airlines, it's its a, the only situation you walk into where you're super regulated by government regulations. There's all kinds of laws, regulations that don't apply anywhere else. But it's got to change. Uh, and President Donald Trump is the guy to do it. He. he can you imagine if he speaks out about it, the way he communicates, he'll really get it across. He would call in uh, the heads of every airline. It's probably 25 people. You get them in a room, and you just say, this cannot go on. You're going to have to figure something out. You can't treat people like this anymore. And uh, who's the guy that called before? He got nervous when he got on the air. But it's- Yeah, so the gentleman, Bob, that called a little a few minutes ago, he was explaining to me. He's an older gentleman. He's on the plane. And the first leg out, he doesn't have such a good trip. They won't give him anything to drink. They keep passing him by. Then on the way back, he says he goes to throw some trash out in the flight attendant's, like, cart. She had, like, a little bag, and she threw a can of soda in it. And she goes, you don't throw trash in my trash bag. Take it out. And he's like, what? You can't throw trash in my trash bag. You have to ask permission. And he's looking at her like, what What are you talking about? So he goes to reach in and take the, the Coke out of the bag. And then she says, get your hand out of my trash bag. And he's like, what the What's going on here? I mean, it's just bananas. You heard Bob, sweet guy, yelling at Bob. What the hell happened to these Poor guy's trying to throw his trash away, and she's getting all protective over a trash bag. And who talks to people like that? Customers. Because you're trapped. You're trapped in the middle of the air. you got nowhere to go. You can't squeeze people into seats that tight. You can't uh, do it. And first of all, they don't even have air in a plane anymore. It's all recycled, awful air. You can't bring a bag on. First of all, uh, just when you go through uh, the TSA and get screened, you get violated sexually harassed and then you're on the plane and you're tortured and this is for a vacation <laughs> this is a vacation this is a getaway where'd you go you went to the beach or something right you're lying on i a- went to saint thomas yeah both ways flying there and back were horrible saint thomas probably lying on a beach for four days all relaxed then you get on the plane you get tortured and i get stressed told, out oh you didn't buy a ticket so but we sent you a boarding pass yeah, then they have these whole arguments. You're sitting there. You're on the plane. You got a seat. You got a board. Well, you're not supposed to be here. Well, you gave me the ticket. You boarded me. You did all this. Well, it's not. You still have to get up. First of all, under the law, I've talked to lawyers. They once you are boarded and given the seat, they cannot ask you to get up. There's only uh, like three reasons under the law they can ask you to get up. You have to be very disruptive or uh, getting violent or something. I mean, if you're normally behaved, even that doctor. Whatever he was doing, he wasn't screaming, he wasn't disrupting anybody. 
if you watch the video beforehand, he's talking quietly. He's not disrupting anybody. So you can't legally be removed. But somebody has got to stop all of this. Where's that Chuck Schumer? You know that that weaselly Chuck Schumer? Uh, he, he's like uh, one of those creepy senators. He's uh, always looking for something to pull on a heartstring. Although uh, those airlines have powerful lobbyists. Uh, and I'm just saying about Chuck Schumer. He loves those lobbyists. He is everybody's friend if you're a lobbyist, so he probably won't uh, won't say anything. Let's take a call. Let's go to Flint, Michigan, and say hello to Pat. Hey, Pat, welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, what's happening there, Mark? Not much. Says you love Stephen Colbert. Well, yeah, I know. I heard to give a shout-out to any liberal that was uh, listening to Buzz on Up, if you watch, and I said, uh, oh, that's me, because I'm a liberal, not a Democrat, liberal. And, uh, yeah, I've actually fallen into watching Colbert and Seth Meyers. Okay, but... On a normal show, it's fine to make fun of President Trump. That's fine. You make a couple jokes, whatever. But then you do other stuff. For a whole hour, it's a vicious, vicious, bitter attack on Donald Trump. Why would you watch that for a whole hour? Well, I mean, to be honest, once we get past the first 15, I'm out. You know, I mean, I Ah. I cut the cord. So Uh I've been watching just on uh, YouTube and stuff. But, you know, honestly, to me, he fills the void um, for, like, John Stewart being off the air. I mean, that's what I think. And look, it's working. The guy's beating Jimmy Fallon. Well, know? actually, no. No, he's not. Uh, the category but he that. He did for a week, right? No, no, never. The category that they need uh, for uh, ratings, advertising. 25, 54? No, it's actually 18 to 49. And Fallon crushes Colbert in that category uh, in the last week by 50%. That's a huge lead for Fallon. Colbert wins in the older viewers, which are basically there we go. useless. You can't sell it to advertisers. So, so, I mean, him and then, you know, Seth Myers does a great job. I mean, that's basically just Weekend Update, you know, extended. That's well, all not that really. Is, but, weekend you know. Update, they used to make jokes about the policy, about the health care bill. They used to make jokes about stuff. Colbert and Myers, a lot of the jokes are that Trump is insane, Trump is crazy, Trump is this. Just stupid, ridiculous things. Man, maybe I can get through it because I'm already medicated. I already see a shrink. So oh, oh, okay. Well, no, you didn't say that. <laughs> oh, that would explain it. All right, Pat, thanks for calling. And you're in Flint, Michigan. You've probably been drinking that water. Uh, but, you know, listen, I've known Donald Trump for a million years. I, I'm just telling you, a guy that runs an empire, it's not a store with three employees. It's the Trump organization is an empire. It's an enormous organization with 15,000 employees. He's been running this for 40 years. You can't be a nut uh, and run that. And if you look at the Trump organization, Everybody has been there. has been there 20 years, 30 years. There's no more stable organization in the world. So you can't be crazy. You can't be a nut. You can't have a crazy temper. I mean, it's a very stable place. And if you look at all of his uh, properties, you go to the Trump Tower in New York or any building he runs, and anybody that lives will tell you it's spotless, it's sufficient, everything works perfectly. Those hotels are maybe the finest hotels around. You know, you talk to people who travel all over the world. They're travel agents. I'll tell you, that Trump Hotel in Washington is probably the finest hotel in America right now. That Trump Hotel in Chicago is one of the finest hotels in the world. So this is not a crazy guy uh, running things there. you got to be pretty stable uh, to pull that off. Let's go to, um, uh, who should we go to? Let's go to Percy in Vancouver, Canada. Hey, Percy. Oh. Hello, Mark. Hey, they say you got great health care, government health care, yeah, okay. and it's wonderful, All right, right? You took the bait. Good for you. All right. So uh, I'm going to have to just do about uh, not even a minute of simple math for you to just finally destroy that myth 
okay? Because I, I know anytime, I know you know Canadians, and I know you've talked to Canadians, and I know within one minute of you saying, what's so great about Canada, they're all going to say the same thing because we're programmed. It's part of yeah, our Yeah, no, but I heard in Canada, you get sick, you need anything, go right to the hospital, all paid for, perfect, right? Yeah, it's free, right? Isn't that what free. you're saying? Free medical care. Okay, yeah. well, let's, let's go over the free part here, just in a few basic lessons here. Okay, the average person in Canada, not much different than America, makes about 50000 a year. All right, but we don't have much time. so Okay, I'm going to make this quick. 50000 a year. How much of that goes into tax? About half of that. How many years does that person work in their lifetime? About, let's say, a nice even 40 years of working in their entire life. Yeah. A little bit more than 50, a little bit less. I'll plot that out. It's $2 million. Out of that $2 million, $1 million has been paid in taxes by that person minimum okay you know i got like How a d in math you're going too healthcare. fast for me but uh when you go in for health care it's probably the finest health care no it's not the finest oh. health care in the world and my but daughter, the operations my, my wife's a surgeon by the way so yeah. i happen to know it from both sides okay so let me just tell you if you pay a million dollars a year in taxes as a canadian or a million dollars in your lifetime in taxes okay half of that goes to pay for medical care there's no way the average Canadian burns through half a million dollars worth of medical care in their lifetime. So where's wow. the rest of it going? It's going into the pockets of the liberals, or as you call them down there, Democrats. Oh, all right. right. Well, so, Percy, so, I, I have another question for you, but we don't have another 20 minutes. For the end. <laughs> Takes you a long time to answer every question, Percy. But thanks for calling. You're a good guy, and uh, we love that you're listening up there in Canada. Go, Linda, why are you shaking your head? What? What? what what's the matter? Not everyone is a talk show host, darling. So you have to be a little I'm just patient. Just kidding them. Just a just a hair patient. I'm you know? just kidding them. We're all taught to speak in sound bites because we've been in the business well, too long. True. But right, regular I'll, people have conversations. All right, I'll be nicer. Uh, you can't win with this, Linda. First of all, if I let him go on, she'd be yelling at me in a few seconds. Hey, we gotta go to a break. We gotta break. <laughs> That's because you talked too, too long, not because he did. Oh. Well, uh, all right, we'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, call me, 800-941-SEAN. Call me in the next segment. Wait till you see how nice I am to everybody. Hey, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Mark Simone NY at Instagram or Twitter. In fact, I got a picture of me and Sean up there. Isn't that a good picture? I retweeted it. Oh, okay. Mark Simone NY. Clearly, you're following me. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, anyway, we'll take some calls in a minute. 1-800-941-SEAN. Lou Dobbs and Coulter coming up. Well, it's the Sean Hannity Show. Mark Simone here for Sean. Uh, and, of course, you should watch Hannity on the Fox News Channel every night at 10 o'clock. But every night at 7 o'clock, I always, and you also, should be watching Lou Dobbs on the Fox Business Network, 7 o'clock. It is the smartest show on television, the smartest guy around. Whatever the issue, if you want it broken down, explained to you, nobody better than Lou Dobbs every night at 7. Lou Dobbs, how are you? Oh, I'm great, and thank you for those kind words, my friend. And I was just reading those ratings. Number one, you're like the number one uh, show. You're killing everybody. Yeah, we've been number one uh, in uh, business television for uh, a full year now. Uh, and it's, A full uh, year? Good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, it's a great show, and uh, I always, uh, I am never quite sure about something. I just put you on at 7. You explain it perfectly. Uh, now, Paul Ryan, has he, he's bought himself a few months here, I think. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Uh, he's, he saved his job this time. Uh, because the, and by the way, it's just still an open question as to whether or not he's, uh, even though he was good enough to actually compliment the President of the United States for his leadership, you know, you still had the feeling he was doing so reluctantly. 
and, and he's got to get behind the Trump agenda and, and just get rid of all of this nonsense he's had in his head for two years, the better way, so-called congressional agenda. What The fundamental problem, it seems to me, Mark, is he doesn't understand. He won. He got 230,000 votes uh, in his congressional district, and the president of the United States won almost 63 million. That should settle all of the discussion for him, but it, for some reason, has not. Yeah, but uh, isn't the real problem that the political class tangled up with lobbyists, with donors, with mm-hmm. all of that stuff? Uh, they, the last thing they ever expected was Donald Trump being injected into them by the voters. Yeah, the, the effrontery of the American <laughs> voter <laughs> to make his and her opinion and, and preference known to the establishment, to the uh, donor class, to the lobbyists on K Street and H Street. And uh, and it's, it's it's been wonderful to watch because even though uh, he has, uh, you know, hit some, you know, opposition from within his own party, some real nastiness from Chuck Schumer. Look what he's done. He just keeps achieving. He keeps, as he puts it, winning. And by the way, winning is exactly what he is doing. And and it's, and the American people, for the first time, are getting used to the idea of having a man in the in the White House who really cares about them, what they think their preferences and our traditional values. It's astounding stuff, and, and guys like Schumer just can't quite come to grips. Yeah, I, I think the other thing they don't really understand, you know uh, Donald Trump for years, if you study him, he's had some uh, projects where it's a little choppy, a little rocky in the beginning, but he's one of the smartest guys ever in the planet. You give him about a year, and he has it all figured out, and then it's like a steamroller, and I don't think these people have calculated that into their uh, constant protesting. You know, I, I think you're right, uh, Mark, but I, I also think, look what he's doing right now. He's standing there at the White House with all of these congressmen, these Republican congressmen and the leadership around them. But to his to his immediate right uh, is a fellow by the name, name of Mark Meadows, who's the chairman of the Freedom Caucus. And he's standing straight up right next to the president of the United States, and that says a lot because it means that those two have really come together. He has a formidable uh, uh, ally uh, in the House, and and, and guys like uh, you know you know whomever you want to you know speak of, uh, but certainly Ryan, they've got to take that into account in their calculus now. Yeah, and he's reaching right over the, their heads with Twitter and with Facebook and. Uh, and his rallies, uh, there's no stopping him. I think you've said it exactly right. I just think it's happening even a little faster than what uh, you and I might have hoped. Yeah. Uh, for Democrats yelling and screaming about he's destroying Obamacare, why, you, wouldn't you say to them, you had six years after it was passed to see what the problems were, the high sky-high premiums, the ridiculous deductibles? Why didn't you keep fixing it? Why, you know, President Obama, why didn't you go back and keep tweaking it and repairing it? And fi- you would have had it perfected by now. The fact they just left it the way it was, uh, they're responsible for it uh, having to be repealed. Oh, no question about it. And, and by the way, the na 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 na, you know, bye bye bye, goodbye. <laughs> you know, they, when you have that emotional maturity uh, level uh, in amongst uh, your congressmen representing a sizable part of the population, you, you know it's not going to end well for that party. And and the Democrats are just getting smaller and smaller and pettier. Pettier, and more and, and more pathetic. I, I mean, they're really the party of pity now. You, 
listen to Pelosi. She can, first of all, her face barely moves with all of the uh, cosmetic surgery. <laughs> well, <laughs> she, cannot, she cannot utter a statement that makes a lick of sense. She loses her place. You know, and, and it's you know, and it's this elementary primer that she's reading from. It's just it's really a very sad thing to watch. You know, when you watch these Democrats in the streets screaming, throwing rocks, when you watch Stephen Colbert and Seth Meyers, it's just bitter rage. It's just endless. It never stops when you see students on a university uh, rioting because somebody might uh, have another point of view. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen this before? Anywhere? Never. Never, because I'm a product of the 60s, uh, Vietnam, civil rights, the sexual revolution, the, the, you know, the, the, the drug revolution. And people were upset and they were angry, but it was because they cared. This, is because, this seems to be a demonstration on the part of a lot of people who are being paid to act as, uh, as the fools they seem to be. <laughs> and secondly, it's not because they care, it's just because they hate and that's not enough. That's just not enough. I mean, Colbert has embarrassed himself in perpetuity. He will never. I, I mean, the man is just, uh, he's lost himself. He can't get out of his own head. Yeah. He has, and he seemingly has no, you know, his head isn't as good as we all thought it was. Well, you remember Jay Leno would make a couple of jokes about George W. Bush somewhere in the middle of the monologue. Right. You imagine if he just came out and for an entire hour just made fun of Bush and just never stopped talking about it for the whole hour. They would have taken him to a sanitarium. Yeah. And and by the way, I don't know that uh, that Colbert wouldn't benefit from it from a little time there. <laughs> uh, he needs he needs some professional help. He really does. I mean, he's lost his way. Hey, uh, Lou Dobbs, let me ask you about this. We were talking about this earlier, and you understand the business world as well as anybody. These airlines and the way they're treating passengers every mm. day is another incident. This has got to stop. Somebody has to get these airlines together and say, you can't talk to people like this or drag them down the aisle like this or threaten to throw them in jail anymore. It's, it's a plane. They're going on vacation. Right. And, and, and this, this uh, gentleman who with his wife and yeah. uh, some of his kids aboard the plane, uh, the Delta threw off with a flight attendant telling him they could end up in jail. I mean, there are a lot of things going on there. First of all, the flight attendants apparently feel empowered to treat their customers any way they damn well please. I, I mean, they might as well. They're fascist. There's just no doubt about it. Uh, and their authoritarian management, who don't really seem to give a damn about whether or not they uh, make uh, any more money, uh, just say treat the customer any way you want. Uh, and, and the head of United having to tell his, his employees that the customer comes first and that you should be nice to them. I mean, what kind of society are we living in? The airline industry is a front runner of a uh, fascistic society. I mean, that's pretty stunning stuff. Who would think that in a customer service business that that's where fascism would grab uh, the strongest hold? Uh, and and it's it's appalling. And then yeah. think about that those families. So the, the doctor, uh, this uh, young man with his uh, young family. I mean, there's something going on in their heads where they think, yeah, you know, maybe it is, maybe it's true. Maybe I would be thrown in jail. Maybe uh, this is the way I'm supposed to be treated. You know, (laughs) I I mean, there's something wrong. Americans think that they suddenly have no rights and are not deserving of respect. Thank God these two people and their families are an exception and demand respect, as every citizen should in this country. Yeah, but this is an issue. If some politician, hopefully the president, somebody takes this on, 
and changes this airline culture, that's re-election right there on that issue. People feel oh. very strongly about this. Oh, I, I think you're exactly right. And, and, and the real issue that reaches, it seems to me, Mark, across our society is obviously corporations think of us as consumers uh, and governments thinks of us as sucker voters to be sliced and diced demographically and persuaded whatever way is convenient to the ideology that's uh, trying to persuade us instead of as citizens. We're citizens first, and we ought to demand that we be recognized as citizens first, no matter where we are, whether it's in the economy, whether it's in government, whether it's in our neighborhoods. We're citizens. Treat each other with respect and damn respect from our damn government. Yeah. Well, watch Lou Dobbs tonight, 7 o'clock, Fox Business Network. Who do you have on tonight? We've got a host of folks uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, amongst other things. Uh, you won't be surprised. Uh, the treatment of airlines. Oh, good. Uh, the treatment uh, of their customers. We're focusing also on, yes, Susan Rice and her uh, refusal to testify and and why, why in the minds of the left-wing national media, Mark, is Richard Nixon worse than Barack Obama, who now we know unmasked tens of thousands of American citizens? <laughs> and... And those are the issues that we think are going to be defining the country. Well, it's a great show. Every night at 7, number one show now, Fox Business Network, Lou Dobbs, uh, Fox Business, 7 o'clock tonight. Lou Dobbs, thanks for being with us. Great to be with you, Mark. Thanks so much, my friend. All right. Take care. Uh, and don't forget Hannity, of course, 10 o'clock on the, on the Fox News Channel. Uh, Ann Coulter's coming up. Steve Moore will be with us. Hey, follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's Mark Simone NY, Mark Simone NY. Twitter, Instagram. Actually, there's a good picture of me and Sean up there and a great picture of Donald Trump, one of the most touching pictures you will ever see. Uh, and we'll take some calls in a minute. 1-800-941-SEAN is the number. Hey, welcome back. It's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Uh, so check out the website, Hannity.com. Always good stuff up there. Today, the picture of uh, Donald Trump and the veteran that is so moving and so powerful that no news outlet will put this picture up anywhere. Had this been Barack Obama doing what Donald Trump is doing in the picture, it would be the front page of every paper in America. But because it's Donald Trump and it's touching and moving, you will never see this picture, except on Hannity.com right now. Let's take a call or two. Let's go to Pete in Arlington, Texas. Hey, Pete. Uh, hello, Mark. Uh, nice to talk with you. I just, uh, I'm just i a former airline pilot. You uh, sound like an airline you know, pilot. You got that airline pilot accent. Uh, okay. Well, I'll, should I say Roger and that'll help you? Well, no, but when the pilot comes on, it's always, hi, we're going to be flying. It's, the pilot never comes on and says, uh, yeah, we're going to like uh, fly to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was based in New York for a couple of years, but I try and uh, get over that accent. Uh, my comment is strictly this. Your point's very well taken. This is a customer service issue. Yes. And unfortunately, as a crew member, sometimes you get forced into the middle of the situation. We want to remember here when we're talking about this particular matter as a collective, the airlines a few years ago, and my memory is good enough to remember when they lost them, they lost four airplanes full of paying passengers that, I don't know how you want to say this, they fell through the cracks. Can, can four airline loads of passengers fall through the cracks? I think the security system uh, was all wrong at the particular time, and maybe it's, um, 
maybe it's still got some yeah. working. Well, wait, wait, wait. We're conflating a lot of things together here. You can never have a stewardess say to a guy, we're putting you in jail. What about my kids? Your kids will be there and you'll be in jail. You can't have right. that. And let yeah. me ask you another question. Why are these flight attendants doing all this uh Putting people in jail, dragging them down the aisle. Where's the pilot in all this? Isn't he in charge? Well, the, the, the pilots, the pilots, because of the the restraints that have been put on them by the security measures that they deal with, in all honesty, are not supposed to really get involved or really? interact with this thing. They, honest to Pete, you you take the pilots out of the of the equation once that airplane gets in the air. What are you going to do with that airplane full of people? No, no, but uh, let's say the guy being dragged down the aisle. The pilot is always— Well, that's true. That, that, that's, not the, that's not the pilot. Until that door closes, it's not the pilot's airplane. It's the customer's I know, but let's, airplane. let's be honest. That's the, how that goes. But be honest. The pilot is the older, senior, more mature guy, the more experienced guy. He's the guy who really you want making these judgments on the, on the he thing. He can't. I, I know he can't, but— it's, No, it's not his job. What I'm saying is it's not his level of authority. It's it's like you being a policeman from New Mexico and now you're in uh, Bugalo, Alabama. I know you what you're saying. I know I know what you're saying. But instead of that Chicago rent-a-cop hitting the guy and dragging him down the aisle, you, we want a guy like you, a Sully Sullenberger guy, to come in and uh, mediate the whole thing. Uh, well, you got to ask yourself the question, is the, is the cabin door closed? Because if the cabin door is not closed, he is not authorized. Has no I know, and I bet you guys love it because when you hear all that racket, you probably close the door and go, I don't want anything to do with that. I'll just, I'll just fly the plane. But um, you got to admit, uh, it's not like in the James Bond movie where it's uh, luxurious travel. Now you're treated like farm animals when you're on a plane. Well, it the, the pilots in the cockpit, I can tell you, are, are very aware of their responsibility but i'm telling you that the companies who own the airplanes and yeah. pay the pilot we only got a few seconds but all right pete you're a good guy see the pilot always uh it's, it's, doesn't he sound like sully sullenberger and then uh then you get that stewardess who's like uh rent a cop there gonna throw you in jail anyway it's mark simone here for uh sean hannity follow me on twitter mark simone ny at twitter and uh coming up steve moore here's one of the smartest guys on the economy taxes. We'll talk to him next. Hey, welcome back. It's the Sean Hannity Show. It's Mark Simone here for Sean. He'll be back on Monday. And don't forget uh, uh, Hannity every night, 10 o'clock on the Fox News channel. Uh, you know, Steve Moore is one of the smartest guys in the world when it comes to the economy, when it comes to uh, policy. He's a visiting fellow, Institute for Economic Freedom. He's written some great books. Steve Moore, you may want to make sure you get them all. Uh, Steve Moore, are you there? I am here. It's great to be with you again. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. I hear these people, these liberals, that say, you know, every time he, Trump plays golf, it's costing us $300,000 in security. Every time he comes in here, it's a million dollars. Every time he does another $2 million. Just to balance that out, if he gets this tax plan through and all this stuff through, how much more money will that bring into the economy? Well, look, I mean, we've got the economy has um, been flattened out a little bit um, since uh, about uh, the beginning of March, although actually we've got a good, really good jobs report today. So it looks like it's picking up again. Uh, but, you know, we still have 94 million Americans of uh, working age that are outside the labor force. We've got um, you know, 40 is, is uh, 
as Hannity likes to talk about all the time, we have 45 million people on food stamps. Wages haven't budged much at all the last 15 years, although we did get a good uh, 2.5% increase um, in this month's report. But the economy is growing way too slowly, and we're not creating – we are creating jobs. I mean, that's the thing. There are jobs out there, but they're just not the, the high-paying jobs that we used to have. Um, you know, so there are McDonald's and Walmart shops and things, things like that that just are not um, are not Mark. They're just not the kind of jobs you can raise yeah. a family on. But if you just cut the corporate tax, or you were able to repatriate that money overseas, that's a couple trillion dollars. That's maybe mm-hmm. three, four hundred billion in tax revenue that would come in immediately. Yeah. So. Um, couple things on the corporate tax. And by the way, you know, I, I think Trump, I've told Trump, call this a jobs bill. Don't even call it a tax bill because this is all about how do we create higher paying jobs in this country and bring factories and jobs back to this country that have left. Uh, by the way, just as an aside, Mark, this is an amazing little statistic that has not been reported much. Um, the, in, the, in the most recent, you know, the, the report that came out this morning, another 8,000 jobs were created in the mining industry. That means that since Election Day, the United States economy has created somewhere in the neighborhood of 50,000 new mining jobs. Um, it, these are the jobs that were lost under Obama, who tried to destroy our coal mining industry, and they're coming back. We've, we've recovered, by my calculations, almost half of the jobs that were lost in the mining industry under Obama in just six months. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good uh, record. Yeah. Um, but also you've got, uh, at least uh, businesses think, there'll be some health care relief Healthcare costs coming relief from that. Uh, obviously, a new tax plan, new business tax plan. Yep. So that's encouraging hiring right now. Did that have something to do with this past month with the great job creation? Yeah, I think. Look, I think that uh, there's two things that Trump has got to be get done this year to be have a successful first year. If he gets both of these two two things done, um, then he's he's had a really good year. And that, those are he's got to get the um, tax cut done, and he's got to get Obamacare repealed. And on this corporate tax, I'm sorry, I didn't finish my thought on that. You know, two amazing statistics. One is, write this down, Mark. It's one of my buddy Larry Kudlow's favorite statistics, and I use it all the time, too. 70% of the gain from cutting business taxes, 70% of the gain from cutting business taxes go to workers, because now workers have more capital to work with, they have more equipment, they have plants, and, and uh, the, the, the employers can afford to pay them more workers. So this is a worker tax cut when we cut business taxes, because if businesses have more money, they can plow it back into the business to expand their operations. So that's a big deal. The other one to think about is I believe that we can increase economic growth by about one percentage point or nearly one percentage point through a, a very smart uh, corporate uh, business worker tax cut. If we have 1% more growth, Mark, we get $3 trillion more revenue over the next decade. So this isn't going to cost money. It could actually save the government money, and it could actually reduce the deficit. Yeah. Now, when you listen to Chuck Schumer or you watch Rachel Maddow or you read the New York Times, and all it says is tax cuts for the rich, or rich benefit from this morning, that's all tax cuts for the rich. What do, what do you do? Just ignore that? Just keep going? I mean, they did it to uh, Reagan. They do it to everybody. Right. Best thing is just ignore it and don't even answer it. Well, you know, it's so interesting. I was reading, um, where was I reading, uh, an article in the New York Times the other day saying, we can't, oh, it was by the uh, a friend of yours, the guy who, who did the auto bailouts for Obama. Yeah. Uh, and he was saying, um, Steve. Uh, Ratner. Yeah. 
and he was saying, oh, you know, we can't do these tax cuts under Trump. We tried this under Reagan, and it completely failed. And I'm like, what country are you living in? I mean, my God, we had the biggest economic boom under Reagan in our country, actually in our country's history, uh, when we cut taxes. And he's running around the country saying it was a failure. Well, yeah, for those of you who don't know, Steve Rettner's that wormy little guy on Morning Joe with the glasses, that wormy-looking, little twerpy-looking guy. Uh, you know, he wears the uh, the you know those very those glasses designed to make you look smarter. Yeah. Those little I think tortoise. The word you're looking for is dweeb. Dweeb, <laughs> yes. But uh, and and that's what they do. They just you, you keep repeating that. Uh, look what happened under Reagan. It was a disaster, and you repeat it enough times, and people believe it. Well, it was, and Mark, you know, my uh, I'm going to do a, a little endorsement for my friend Larry Kudlow's new book called JFK and the Reagan Revolution. And everyone, anyone who wants to be educated about how tax policy works and how tax reduction can revive an economy should read Larry's excellent book, JFK and the Reagan Revolution. And he talks about the two biggest tax cuts in the last 50 years were under John F. Kennedy and Ronald Reagan. And those two periods, the 60s and 80s, were the periods of unbelievably rapid job growth and economic growth and wage growth for Americans. So the idea that we've tried this never worked these people have historical amnesia. Yeah, and get that Larry Kudlow book. It'll show you. You know, you can call it Reaganomics, but he really got it from JFK. Uh, yeah. And it, it has worked brilliantly every every time. Um, what about, there are people that will say, you're never going to get the jobs back the way they were because you've got too much automation. You've got yeah. uh, digital taking over. Every every digital everything is, is uh, replacing jobs. What do you do about that problem? Well, automation, I mean, is coming, and, uh, you know, so there's no question. And this is really one of the biggest economic issues of our time is these massive amounts of, uh, uh, you know, robotics, automated cars. I mean, one out of 12 males uh, in the American workforce uh, works driving a vehicle, uh, Mark. So those are, um, you know, people who are going to see different kinds of jobs in a decade from now. But but I don't believe we're running out of jobs. I believe that, you know, if you what we need to do is prepare America for this new new economy that we're headed towards of automation, robotics. You know, when I was a kid, my parents took me to Detroit. I was about 12 years old, and we visited the auto factories and the steel plants and so on. And those were swimy old sweatshops. You know, those were, you know, uh, I was like, I don't want to do that for a living. I mean, that was really hard work that these people were doing uh, with their hard hats. And, um, and and you go into, I was back there about three months ago in some of those same plants, and you go into them today, it's amazing. There are people walking around with white, you know, scientific lab coats on who are doing the diagnostics of a lot of this amazing equipment that's that's doing building these cars for us. I mean, that is the future, and we need to have really highly technically qualified uh, workers who know how to deal with this stuff and work at this stuff. And we'll have plenty of jobs. We just need to make sure that our workers are capable of, of doing them. And that means we got to do something about our education system to prepare people for the for the new workforce of the 21st century. Yeah, but you do have a problem where it's the old Ford factory. They needed a parking lot for 2,000 cars. And now they need one for 20 cars because of the automation. Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, I, I do think when you get this tax cut done, uh, Mark, and I'll, I guarantee you the impact of this will be because we have the the highest business tax rate in the world. And under the Trump plan, if we get the rate down to 15%, not just for big businesses, but the small businesses as well, 26 million small businesses, we go to 15%. I guarantee you those companies that have been leaving the United States and pulling factories out of places like Pennsylvania and Ohio and Michigan, those, those, those companies are coming back. And we're going to actually become a mecca for capital investment and for factories and, and new jobs. So 
uh, I think the tax cut and the deregulation uh, are key to getting um, America back on its feet to be the economic superpower we should be. And I'm with Trump. I don't want to just shoot for 3% growth. I want 4 to 5% growth. We did it under JFK. We did it under Reagan. We can do it under Trump. And under President Obama, was he the first president never to get to 3%? Yeah, isn't that amazing? And yet everybody's talking about how great a president he was and what a wonderful recovery it was. You know, the $3 trillion growth gap is is the difference between – that $3 trillion is the difference between how big the, how much bigger the economy would be today – if the economy had grown as fast under Obama as it did under Reagan. $3 trillion is the combined economic output of Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio combined. Hmm. Well, uh, get uh, Steve, Steve Moore. What was your book? You had a great book recently. Uh, about... Well, I just wrote a book on the energy industry called yeah. Fueling Freedom, and that's the other part of this story is that, you know, my God, Mark, we have the capacity to become the energy dynamo of the world, uh, you know, North America, Canada, the United States, Mexico can become the new Middle East, the new Saudi Arabia. We have, because of the shale oil and gas revolution, and again, we have 500 years worth of coal in this country. Trump wants to go after that stuff. I mean, he wants to use our natural resources to create jobs and increase increase output and to make us less dependent on these countries that want to kill us, yeah. you know, like Iran, Iraq. Saudi Arabia, OPEC, Russia. I mean, this is a great economic and foreign policy tool we have at our disposal. It's called Fueling Freedom. It's a really interesting Fueling book. Fueling Freedom, Exposing the Mad War Against Energy. And there is a mad war against energy in this country by the radical environmentalists. Who wanna, now that they've shut down a lot of the coal jobs, which, by the way, are coming back, now they want to shut down our own gas jobs. Ten million Americans are employed in that industry. Yeah. Two books we want you to read this weekend, Fueling Freedom and Larry Kudlow's book, uh, JFK, the Reagan, what's it called again? I can never remember the name. That's a good reading list. The <laughs> JFK to Reagan. Uh, it's a fascinating book. And uh, Steve Moore, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Mark. Have a great weekend. All right. Take care. Uh, we'll take some calls in a minute. 800 941 Sean is the number. 800 941 Sean. He'll be back on Monday. Don't forget Hannity every night at 10 on the Fox News Channel. <laughs> Others talk about the news. We bring you the people who make the news every day. Every day. This is the Sean Hannity Show. play this on the match game while they were waiting to write the answers? That's what it, I think it was. It's Mark Simone here for uh, Sean Hannity. 1-800-941-SEAN is the number. Let's go to Greg in uh, Gladstone, Missouri. Hey, Greg. Uh, Greg. Hey, Mark. You always do a good job. Thanks. Hey, I'm, I'm puzzled as to uh, why, why the airline incidents are getting so much coverage and so much concern when reality is it's it's just a handful of incidents when you look at how many thousands and thousands of flights every day i mean it's a lot of incidents it's a lot of incidents should have happened or 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 weren't wrong i think the guy getting drug off the plane was another uh mcdonald's hot coffee incident to be Uh, honest greg 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 Greg. it happens all the time hey look look at this show right here i go in the control room ethan had a problem uh 
couple days but what's ago. your definition of all the time because i fly regularly six eight flights a month and i to be honest with what you, are you like a uh, like courier or something for plane, somebody but, uh, uh, i don't why, you fly, why are you taking so many flights pardon me why do you take so many flights uh-huh. Oh, has missed my job. Yeah, what kind of job is this you're taking all these flights? Uh, I travel. Oh, Pat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're I different. In the big picture, when you think of how many flights there are, I, I yes, know but let's, uh, first a very, of all, very small number. Of you're a very experienced traveler. You're a man of the world. Nobody's going to mess with you. It's like Linda has no problem on a plane. I don't want that anybody to mess with me. That would be right out the window all. if she tried anything with Linda. I put in earplugs so they won't talk to me. That's the yeah, only no, reason. No. But uh, you, flying all the time, involved in whatever uh, shady enterprise you're involved in. I mean, you, you, nobody's going to mess with you. But a normal citizen, a nice, quiet guy like Ethan, or the nice uh, doctor on the plane, they're getting t- terrorized. Well, what by about me. you? What happens when you travel, Mark? Uh, uh. Well, I, no, I've never had any problems. But do you, I, do you, well, well, how do you travel? Do you travel business first, coach? Well, usually on a, uh, somebody's got a private plane and I ride with them. Oh, well then. So. Well, if I didn't travel at all, I'd still be asking the question. Aren't, ain't it a small number compared to how many numbers of flights go out every day? Hey, I'm just telling you, if I want to find somebody that's had a problem on a plane, I wouldn't have to wait six days. I could go out in the hallway and find two people that just had a problem. It's happening all the time. I wish there was more focus on Comey's comment about uh, somehow the emails got forward. Yeah. He doesn't know? No, we'll get we'll get back to that. Hey, uh, but uh, you got to admit, they cram you into these stupid seats that are way too tight on an airline. I mean, you're being mistreated just by the way the seats are laid out. Well, I'm skinny, and I always hope somebody skinny sits next to me. Don't know. I don't always get it. Well, I can imagine sitting next to you. That might creep me out. <laughs> You sound like a nice guy, but you sound I, like you're up I, to something. I'm not up. No, I'm not up to anything. I'm just glad I got in. No. Well, once. what do you actually do for a living? I told you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let that slide. All right. But uh, good luck with uh, whatever it is you do on all these flights, and uh, we hope you don't get caught, and uh, you sound like a good guy. <laughs> Thanks for calling. I don't know. That guy might have been a federal air marshal. No, That's no. what it sounded like to me. Very nice guy. I would trace that call if I were you and uh, look into this one. <laughs> Six flights. Six, six flights a week or what? what does he take right but think about it who travels that much people who work for the airline and federal air marshal so maybe that's why he couldn't disclose that information no he didn't sound he was like breathing heavy he didn't sound like any federal air marshal he was not breathing heavy he was breathing You're ridiculous heavy. he was not i actually agree with mark i agree with mark this it was a little uh sketchy he sounds like a good guy but uh, a conspiracy theorist totally not he sounds like a good guy but uh if you saw him on the front page of the paper one day, would you be shocked? <laughs> so. I'm never shocked anymore at the front page of the paper. All right. Ann Coulter's coming up in the next hour. Don't go away. Welcome back. It's Mark Simone here for Sean Hannity. Sean will be back on uh, Monday. You know, uh, Ann Coulter, a best-selling author. Have you read her book, In Trump We Trust? Everybody's writing a Trump book now, but this is the real one, In Trump We Trust. You should get that. Go to AnnCoulter.com and, uh, and sign up there. By the way, if you sign up, you get her column before anybody else. Ann Coulter, how you doing? Fine, thanks. How are you, Mark Simone? Very good. Uh, where do we start? Uh, let's talk about the double standard here. You know, I'm watching this Jesse Waters one night. He makes a little double entendre joke. I don't see the guy again for a week. This Stephen Colbert... 
makes the most vulgar joke I have ever heard in the history of American television. He's a hero the next night. What is going on here? <laughs> yes, you're right. Um, I especially like Colbert acting like he's speaking truth to power. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, um, he's not going to apologize for the joke. But on the other hand, the president has the nuclear code. Oh, for Pete's sake, all these people do is suck up the power. Of course, nothing will happen to him. Um, you can be as vulgar as you want uh, against Trump and particularly his supporters. And I really think that has a lot to do with the, especially the late night um, alleged comedy venom toward toward Trump. Um, the people the elites really hate are Trump supporters, the Walmart shoppers. But it's finally gotten through their thick craniums that it, it's not a good look when you're making millions of dollars a year to be constantly sneering at, at working-class Americans who shop at Walmart. Um, so instead, they make fun of Trump and, and feel like they can get away with it because, because he's a billionaire. Yeah, but uh, you know when he said, uh, hey, Trump can handle himself, he's got the nuclear codes, the problem wasn't Trump. Trump's not even watching. The problem was the right. slur against it was a horrible term that's used against gays. He didn't apologize for that part of it. Um, no, there will be no apologies, but no. he will continue to pretend like he's being heroic. <laughs> I really wouldn't. I, I really wouldn't mind vulgarity, um, even of this level. And it is. I think. I think we've reached a a new standard for vulgarity. Uh, if it were funny, I, I mean, that's my main objection to, I, I mean, like you and most people, I don't watch these late night shows because they're, they're not doing humor anymore. They're supposed to be jokes with a surprising twist. Yeah. And you can't help but to laugh. It's like sneezing. It's not supposed to be an applause line. It's supposed to be a laugh line. And no, there's, there's just an endless appetite, apparently, for just a long string of epithets about Donald Trump with colorful imagery and, you know, the carrot top dumpster fire and a series of other, you know, vivid images, none of which is surprising, interesting. It's just epithets with colorful imagery, and the humor has been suctioned out of it. Yeah, and they must have had a meeting at the Colbert Show, and they said, you know, this uh, this vulgarity is good. Listen to him last night. Listen to what happened. Um, listen to this joke. One reporter ran into Reince Priebus, who told her the president stepped up and helped punt the ball into the end zone. Yes, a punt into the end zone. Accurate because it gets you zero points and gives your opponent good field position. I think a more accurate football metaphor might have been the GOP just kicked America in the that's the joke. And you hear the audience roaring with laughter. Yeah, I hate that sneering, smirking, <laughs> making fun of people for for misstatements. Um, I mean, that's been the, 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 the marker, the signature of MSNBC all these years. Um, and I, I mean, I guess there are enough pot-smoking millennials who, who like to sneer at other people. I just, I've never felt better about myself by, by virtue of sneering at someone else. Um, but there, there are a lot of people who do, and they make up the audiences to, to MSNBC and these late-night shows. You know, uh, I used to watch Jay Leno, and in the middle of the monologue, he used to do a long monologue, but in the middle he'd make like four or five jokes about George Bush. It was pretty funny. But can you imagine if he came out and just did all 50 jokes in the monologue about George W. Bush? And then he sat down at the desk and attacked George W. Bush for 10 minutes and then brought out nine guests. to They would have taken him to a sanitarium. 
What, <laughs> what is going on now? Well, it's not even the the number of jokes or the 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 choice of topic. It's it's the word joke there. Uh, again, these aren't jokes. They're just long strings of epithets. They're, um, I, I don't think I you I don't think you could get Leno to do one of these. Um, he'd have too much pride and wouldn't be able to look his fellow comedians in the eye after doing something so lazy and cheap. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, um, um, uh, apparently out in Hollywood, California, they are plotting. I've heard of it. Yes, they're plotting and plotting and plotting. The whole uh, entertainment industry, they think they've got to come up with their own Donald Trump uh, to be the candidate next time around. And it's all kind of uh, coming down to Bob Iger. He's the chairman of Disney, ABC. Apparently, he's looked at this. He's testing it. Uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg is behind this. They think that's what they need, their own business guy, a super liberal entertainment uh, guy. Uh, that's a that's a, a plot that's never going to work. Have you ever seen Bob Iger? He looks like an iceberg. You <laughs> can't relate <laughs> no, to No, I any... think the Democratic presidential nominee is going to be um, George Clooney or Ben Affleck. That makes yeah. way more sense than getting some billionaire out of touch. Hollywood executive, um, and no, I haven't seen him, but I believe you. Um, but but I mean, Trump does open up possibilities. It may not be such a good idea, though, unless Trump keeps his promises. As you know, I'm a little testy with the Emperor God Trump this week for that monstrosity of a budget deal. Well, but this will all—it's not going to get done in one step. You know, everybody forgets uh, Reagan. It took a while to get all this done. And he used to say, let me go get half now. I'll get the rest later. It's not all get done in the first 100 days. Uh, let's wait till the end of the year and then judge him. You know, you Trump fanboys. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, except he didn't get half. He took many, many steps back. He could have started the wall the day after his inauguration. He's the commander in chief. It's his job under the Constitution, not through some law passed by Congress, um, definitely negotiated by Speaker Ryan. It is the, his constitutional responsibility to protect the nation. That means our borders. He has full authority to do so. Um, and in this, this brilliantly negotiated uh, budget deal, Paul, Speaker Paul Ryan, alleged Republican. Um, no, he's, he's actually taken it back. The Congress has now forbidden the president to do his constitutional duty and protect our borders. So there's a lot in the budget bill for funding um, or border walls um, in the Middle East, just not on our own country. Um, but let, to... let's say two years from now, there's a big, beautiful wall there. Then you'll be happy. Um, I, I, what, what do the American people have to do to make that point clear? We elected Donald Trump. <laughs> we, we've stopped at amnesties. Congress is quietly in the dark of night, and I don't mean just Democrats. Um, Republicans leading the way tried to slip through an amnesty bill three times in the last decade, and it was stopped every single time, um, not by some big, powerful group of Republicans on the other side. No, no, no. It was stopped all three times by the Republican people, or the, sorry, the American people calling in and shutting down the congressional switchboard saying we don't want amnesty. Now we run the most implausible candidate for president in the history of the country, Donald J. Trump. He wins, and he wins states the Republicans haven't won for 20 years. What else does the public have to do to get the message to Washington, we want a wall? Well, we'll get a wall. It's just gonna, it, This is true of any infrastructure project. When they tell you the bridge will be there by 2018, 
It's 2019 before the bridge is there. Mark, they haven't even, um, you know, put the first spade in the ground to start building the wall. I mean, I will blame Republicans, but look, we knew this. This is part of what was so appealing about about Donald Trump, that he wasn't a politician. We knew he was going to be facing massive resistance, um, not only from the opposing party, the Democrats, but from his own party, from the entire bureaucracy, from the media. We knew that. Um, that's why him being a brash and ruthless businessman was so appealing. He was going to be working on behalf of the American people. So I'm sorry, it's too late for for the emperor god to say oh oh i couldn't get it through these feckless republicans we knew they were feckless that's why we elected him he'll get it done you'll have your wall you know if he thinks he can get by just saying that he will be wiped out in the midterms democrats will have 300 seats in the house um and there'll be no possibility of him even running for re-election he'll He'll have to bow out gracefully somehow, claim he's made America great, even though we only have this sad little fence. Um, I hope you're right, uh, but it better get started soon. It'll get Interim started. elections are coming fast. Hey, uh, Ann Coulter, what's, uh, what, now what happened with the Berkeley and all that? That's over? That's um, Well, I believe the entire American educational system <laughs> is over. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, and my speech at Berkeley was just the cherry on top. Um, no, I, 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 I think I don't think people should waste two hundred thousand dollars on these um, liberal indoctrination outfits. Anyway, I don't think anybody learns anything at college. Uh, I mean, ask it. It's a four-year vacation um, um, slash liberal indoctrination. Right. I think what you should do if you're seventeen or eighteen years old is take the SATs, apply to a bunch of colleges, and present your college acceptance letter, and your SAT scores to your future employer. Because that's really the only reason you have to spend $200,000 on your kid. It's, it's, it's a proxy for an IQ test, which has been made um, illegal in the United States. Um, so the SAT score in your college admissions is going to tell employers just as much. And, oh, by the way, you also didn't spend four years killing brain cells. Yeah. You know, I used to hear about in, in colleges years ago, this guy was the debate champion or he was in the debate – Debate club. I guess they don't have that anymore because if you gave the other point of view, you'd be uh, arrested, right? There'd be riots. <laughs> How would you have a debate nowadays in the college? No, that's right. That's right. I was the second half to the debate. The the pro mask immigration speaker um, had already spoken, and, and it wasn't just the college Republicans. There was a uh, a nonpartisan group on Berkeley campus that had invited me because they do believe in d- debate. I guess I guess that's the end of their group. So the pro-mass immigration speaker went um, a couple of weeks ago, but then when it was time for me to come, the administrators um, decided that no, no, a crime could be committed, and we don't want to ask the police to stop any crimes from being committed, so we'll have to cancel the speaker. I mean, what's happened is it's so irritating having people talk about, oh, it's so ironic, Berkeley, the home of free speech. No, they never believed in, in free speech. It was free speech in the 60s for communists, the communists took over the universities, and now there will be no free speech. Yeah, it's, it's just like what they say about democracy in the third world: one man, one vote, one time. But it was that's it. they take over, and everybody else's freedoms are taken away, and that's what's happened at our universities. But it was great to see who defended you: Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Chris Matthews, Bill Maher. All came to your defense. ACLU. Um, yes. 
that I mean, it does show how thuggish and radical the universities are <laughs> that they're just out there alone. Um, though I I wouldn't. <laughs> it's you know very generous of of even prominent members of the Democratic Party to to endorse my constitutional rights, and I'm. I'm very strongly hoping that they will also endorse my right not to have soldiers quartered in my home. Um, yeah, but that's a good ad for a college. Berkeley, we're to the left of Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. <laughs> well, more fascistic and thuggish and violent. Yeah, well, Ann Coulter, everybody should get Ann Coulter's book, In Trump We Trust. That's still the best Trump book out there. In yes, Trump it we is. Trust. And uh, <laughs> also, uh, you heard, if you want to get a column or any of that stuff, you go to AnnCoulter.com. And do you still have those Trump shirts? Um, you had the most beautiful Trump shirts. We have to get them remade. Yeah, get to those remade. In Trumpism, we trust. Yes, uh, AnnCoulter.com. Follow her on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. And Ann Coulter, thanks for being with us. Good to talk to you, Mark Simone. Bye bye. All right, take care. And uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter. It's Mark Simone NY at Twitter. There's a great picture of me and Sean up there right now. And uh, follow me on Instagram if you want to see an amazing Donald Trump picture. Mark Simone NY at Instagram. And we'll take some calls in just a minute. 1 800 941 Sean is the number. 1 800 941 Sean. Sean Hannity will be back on Monday. Hannity is on. Always honoring our servicemen and servicewomen and standing up for liberty. Every day, Sean Hannity. Hey, welcome back. It's the Sean Hannity Show. Mark Simone here for Sean. Look at this email. You're dating yourself. Stop saying stewardesses. It's flight attendants. Well, I do that deliberately. I I just, I don't know. I I like the old words usually in every case. I know you're supposed to get more uh, uh, politically correct. But whenever the old thing was one word and the new thing is like two words, eight words, it's never as good. And Why can't you say stewardess? What's the reason for that? Uh, Linda, is stewardess okay? We usually go to Linda for arbitration here. Uh, or do I have to say flight attendants? It doesn't sound right, flight attendants. I apologize. I was uh, removing some remnants in the studio here. Oh, okay. Uh, stewardess, what's wrong with that? So supposedly it basically is saying that men cannot be flight attendants because no one ever said stewards. So it was always stewardess. So what oh, they well, just you... said was flight attendants because they attend to you while you're on the flight. No, they don't. They threaten you. They're going to lock you up. They drag you down the aisle. Well, you know, it's different versions of being attended to. You know, okay, there's no. gentle attention, and then there's, you know, rough attention, and then there's verbal abuse, and, you know, all different variations. Right. Would you agree the people working on those things uh, are 85% women, right? You know what? I wouldn't. Oh. Because I just flew to Israel with Sean, and on both legs, on two different airlines, I had men. That's different. That's uh, very nice men. That's LL, right? It was both. It was Delta oh, and LL. LL. They're probably all commandos there. They got to have security on those. Places. These guys weren't messing around. That's for darn sure. Stewardess. What's wrong with it? If it's a man, you say steward. It's fine. What is this flight attendant? Why no one you... says steward. You know that, right? Okay. Why can't you just say attendant? You could say attendant, but you're just specifying that you're in flight. So it's a flight attendant. I don't know. Attendant. It sounds like a gas station. I think Doesn't... someone like you would like to be attended to. 
I don't Mr. Know. Private no, Planes. I don't know anything about commercial airlines. Stewardess. It's got a nice ring to it. It's you were the one who wanted the pilot to come and take care of you. All right. We'll take some calls in a moment. Chris. Hey, welcome back. It's Mark Simone here for Sean. He'll be back on uh, Monday. Normally, I'm on WOR here in New York uh, in the mornings. Uh, we'll take some calls. 800-941-SEAN is the number. 1-800-941-SEAN. Hey, a lot of people are worried about Hillary Clinton. Uh, Democrats are very worried about Hillary Clinton. The last thing they need is this gangstery bureaucrat coming back into the uh, picture. Even here in New York, you got uh, the New York Post, which is a great paper, and then you got the Daily News, which is the super liberal uh, Democratic paper. Even they ran a big piece today, uh, and the title was Hillary Clinton, Go the Blank Away. Uh, they're really worried in the Democratic world about her just not going away. She's back. This week, she's spoken at three uh, big women's uh, forums, and she's been speaking out. She's contacted the Speakers Bureau. She wants to go back out and make a lot of speeches everywhere. She's put together a super PAC to raise money. It's going to be called, this is a great name, Onward Together. That's why she lost. She's the worst brander in the world. Now, uh, you can't do this uh, Clinton Foundation anymore, or she can raise money. Nobody's going to give her any money. They know she's not going to win anything. But you do the super PAC, and then you can dole out money to candidates and causes, and that way you buy some influence. But Democrats are very nervous about this loser uh, coming back into their world. They're done with the Clintons. That's old, old news. I mean, if they got to have a Clinton around, they'd rather have Bill. At least he can talk. At least he's uh, persuasive. So they're going to have to figure out how to get rid of this woman. She's going to screw them up again. Uh, they don't need to hear about all this baggage that she brings with them. They're trying to get ready for the midterms. The last thing they want is her around. Uh, and I think, are we done with the Russia stuff? I haven't heard that in a couple of weeks. Did they give up on that? No? You don't hear about it anymore. Russia tampered with the election. You know, if you try to pin somebody down, I mean like even a Rachel Maddow, exactly what did they do? They tell you about uh, uh, they used bots on Twitter and they flooded everything with fake news. You know, they tell you these whole stories. Did you ever see this fake news? You did? What fake news? On CNN every night. No, I mean about this Russian fake news. I know they tell you about some story about a pizza place in Washington that was fake. That story, But it, it, nobody ever saw this. What is all over Twitter that uh, influenced the election? I don't know. Anybody's ever seen this stuff? Remember George Soros? You want a guy influencing an election? Tampering with an election? George Soros. He's like three blocks away tampering with the election. Let's take some calls. Let's go to uh, Let's go to Jacksonville. Florida, and say hello to Scooter. Hey, Scooter. Yes, sir. Yes. Hold on, I'm right there with you. No, Hold take on. your time. We're yes, not sir. doing anything. Whenever you get a minute, maybe you can say something. <laughs> Just jump in whenever you feel like it. I've got two quick uh, uh, comments here. One is about the airline thing. Go ahead. You know, I mean, nobody's a- uh, talking about that the guy did accept $800. He was off the plane ran by the baggage guy to get back on the plane again. Yeah, that doctor that got dragged down the aisle did get off and he got back. Well, yeah, but he got off the plane. You see, He was going to take 800 No, 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 but you get off the plane thinking, well, I'll leave in two hours. Then he found out there's no plane for like two days. That's why he went back. You take the 800 you go to the bar, you know, you can even meet a girl with $800. Uh, first of all, a guy like you, by the time you get down to the bar, that's 600 right there. That's only 200 left for the girl. No, but you, uh, 
he's a doctor. He had to be back tomorrow. You get off the plane thinking you'll take the next plane, but it turns out there's no planes. Hey, Ethan, what did you say? It, uh, it was like a day you'd have Yeah, to it was a full day. You had to wait 24 hours to get the next flight to St. Thomas, and uh, American Airlines was even yeah. separating kids from – they were telling parents, oh, your child doesn't have a seat, so – we don't know how this is going to work out yet, and parents were crying at the terminal. It was horrible. Yeah, you gotta, you got to know. Like they said to you, hey, there's another flight in an hour. We got you booked on it. That's one thing. But if you get off the plane and find out it's a day and a half, and people have to get back to work, Scooter. Yeah, you got to run back on the plane again. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Hey, I don't know. First of all, anyway, what, the reason yeah. I did call Go ahead. was is here in Jacksonville, we have a congresswoman named Corinne Brown. And, uh, yes, we're all – we're all uh, fascinated by this. Of, uh, every uh, soundbite for probably the last 24 years of her being in Congress. Oh, well, you guys elected her. Uh, not us, man. I mean, I, I moved here and it's been a, a full Democratic uh, city. And that's why our, our pension is $2 billion upside down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now we got a Republican, Lenny Curry, in there, and he's firing people, and he's trying to straighten it out. So we got a good, you know, good things coming up for us. But, you know, she's got – I don't even know if she's going to get indicted. Well, she is a politician. There's always a chance. But anyway, Scooter, thanks for calling. Let's go to Joe in Indiana. Hey, Joe. Hey, Mark. uh, Joe in uh, Postville, Indiana. uh, Yeah. uh, Retired – FedEx pilot, uh, Paul Lott, and just had an observation. I liked your comments about uh, the guy that can fix this problem. And as nobody's pointed out yet that I've heard, is that don't forget Donald Trump actually ran the Trump shuttle. So he probably does have a little bit of experience operating an airline and has probably an idea of just how to make an airline run right. Maybe a few years ago, but he seems to be a pretty quick learner. Yeah, no, he did have an airline. It was called the Trump shuttle. Um, but it's not just about knowing how to run an airline. Listen, I'm sure they know how to run the planes and the airports and all the stuff. This is about how to treat the customers. And remember, one thing about Trump, he runs uh, hotels and resorts. Everything he does involves uh, treating the public well. He runs hotels. Can you imagine you went to the hotel and they knocked on your door in the middle of the night? We're overbooked. Get out of the room or we'll call the police. And they dragged you down the hallway and threw you in the elevator. Uh, no, you go to a Trump hotel or resort. Nobody has better customer service. Somebody's got to stand up to these airlines at some point. It's got to be Donald Trump, who calls all the airline heads into a room and says, "We've got to fix this. You can't keep treating people like this." Let's go to Kathy in Louisiana. Kathy, how you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. I uh, I just wanted to say that. Um, I think you are a little short with callers. All right, next call. Let's go to the next call. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what, what? I am a little short. I'm sorry. And and sometimes a little mm, smart aleck. Oh, I plead guilty. But you see, uh, this is New York City. This is how we talk here. It may be. But well. Sean's from New York. I know, but, uh, you know, Sean, he's like uh, Mr. All-American. He's so polite. He's so friendly. Um, but see, I, I, I'm like Linda. You know, when we go out in the street, if there's somebody, like, in the doorway, we go, get out of the way, and we just push him. That's how it is. Mm. That's probably why I don't live there. Now, oh. listen, I think that we should put Mary on with Kathy because Mary's also from Louisiana, and there seems to be conflicting reports in Louisiana about right. Mark Simone. Mary, uh, don't go away, Kathy. Mary, are you from Louisiana too? 
Yes, I am. Uh, do you agree with her? I'm too short with the callers. Uh, well, we could all talk for hours. I agree with that part. Yeah. You like to sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk about it? That's what we do here in the South. Yeah. Tea or coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, but... Kathy, you hear how nice that Mary is? She doesn't complain like you. Well, I understand that a caller cannot be on the phone for hours. I know, but look how friendly this Mary is. Complimentary, <laughs> pleasant. Here you are, complaining about oh, everything. Oh, she's not complaining. She's southern. She wants to make her point. That's oh, what we do. Yeah. We make her point. No, that's true. Uh, do you two live near each other? Maybe you two should get together and have coffee. I don't know what town she lives in. Yeah, uh, I live, I live uh, in Shreveport. If you call that living. Oh, oh no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was a joke. It was a joke. I live in Eris. Oh, well, see, North Louisiana. You two should get together. Yeah, no, we should get with you, Mark and Linda. I got to talk to Linda. Oh my gosh, her accent is really true. It's not fake for the show. That is awesome. Oh, Linda sounds okay. John, Linda's great. You can't copy her. He can't. Hey, I hate to break it to you. We think you two have an accent. Oh. You don't no. think you have an accent, right? Kathy, you don't have an accent, do you? Not from Freeport. No, you, no, you they know don't what think, they say. They, this is how God talks. They think they don't That's have an right. accent. They think we have an accent. I know Linda does. That was amazing. When she answered the phone, it shocked me. I didn't understand what she said at first. She said, Sean. I, I, I hate Sean. to break it to I you. Got Sean. I got that part because I hear that all the time out of her. Sean. This, I almost got it down. I can almost say it like her. There's 10 million people here in the city. They all talk like that. That's normal. What are you trying to not say, that I'm not original? Is that is that the point that no. you're trying to make, Mark? I'm saying you yeah, don't have an accent. Today everybody was faking their accents, and I wasn't sure. I was kind of wondering. Who who like, said we were faking our accents? No, Sean was copying everybody. He was oh, yeah. Well, Sean, Sean has spent years perfecting his non-accent, and then he lived in Alabama That's for a while. So Yeah, Linda doesn't have an accent. Hey, you two Andy Griffith show women. <laughs> hey. No, it's nice. It's Hey, it's nice down here in Mayberry. Y'all should come down here. We ain't got all them Democrats. It is a beautiful accent. Uh, But you all sound so friendly and so warm and so sweet. But tell the truth. Underneath, you're like uh, cold-blooded, right? No. No. That's real? That nice southern charm? Real. No. The only thing you got to worry about being cold is hands. Oh, okay. And then they say cold hands, warm heart. All right. We don't have to go over every body part here, but uh, uh, Mary and... Oh, you know, uh, I think Mary wants just, to. <laughs> the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah, so Mary, you're single, right? Um, no, I'm married. Oh, and Kathy, you're married. I'm married. Yeah. And uh, now, it, let's be honest, all the men out there, we took a survey right now. Who'd you rather be married to, Mary or Kathy? <laughs> this Kathy sounds like she's got a complaint every minute. <laughs> That's not yeah. true. Oh, I'm just giving you a hard yeah. time. This Mary sounds perfect. Like she'd never complain about anything. You just like you just like Mary because Mary likes you almost as much as she likes Trump. That's all. You're just all a little right. biased, is all. Yeah, Kathy's yeah, calling yeah. you on the carpet like a New York woman. Yeah, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure that out. I like Sean too. All right. I mean, well, you two are both. Lo- you two are both great, Mary and Kathy. Thanks for calling, and uh, we'll take some more calls in a minute. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean is the number. They do sound great. I love that accent. It is so good. Uh, but uh, we got lots to talk about. We'll get to uh, Donald Trump and more. Coming up, it's Mark Simone here for Sean. Hey, follow me on uh, Twitter, Mark Simone NY at Twitter. 
and Instagram. Mark Simone NY at Instagram. 1-800-941-SEAN is the number. Welcome back. It's Mark Simone for Sean Hannity. Sean will be back on Monday. we got time for one call. Let's go to Monty in Dallas, Texas. Monty, you work for an airline? Yeah. you got to admit, though, uh, it's not flying is not the experience it was 10 years ago. No, it is not. Absolutely not. Because ridership it up, most people aren't aware of the fact that there's an extreme pilot shortage that's happening and it's getting worse. And the only way the airlines can combat it is to pack more people on the same planes because they don't have enough crews to add more planes. Now, that's interesting. Why is there a pilot shortage? That's a pretty good job, isn't it? Stop and think about it. Many of the pilots are hitting their mandatory retirement of 65 now. It used to be 60. They extended it. That that hastened that. That gave a little extra time on the shortage. But the problem is a lot of the pilots retiring now are pilots left over from the Vietnam era when the military was turning them out by the hundreds. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, and those are well-trained um, pilots. But what, uh, younger yeah. younger guys don't want to be pilots? People, younger people aren't becoming Well, pilots. it's not so much that. You could also – you can go to college and get federal student loans, but you couldn't get – there were no colleges teaching aviation. So if you wanted to go get a uh, – to get your uh, ATP, which is a license required to fly for commercial uh, airlines uh, – you're going to spend probably close to $100,000. Hmm. So you got to go get that financed yourself. You know, I never thought about that, though. You're right. With the Vietnam War, when that was over, you got tons and tons of pilots looking for tons jobs. Tons of pilots. Absolutely. And, and, and then know, there was the economic times of the late 70s and the early 80s when a lot of them got furloughed, and then they came back on board. But also the economic times since 2000, uh, 60 AOPA, Airline Pilots Owners Association, did a survey about 60% of the flight schools in this country in the last 10 years have gone out of business. Wow. But the uh, idea of making the seats smaller and tighter and smaller and smaller, cramming more people in a plane. That's... Well, and they're also flying bigger and bigger planes now. I know, but more people cramming those planes, that's a recipe for trouble. You put those people in too tight and too many people and you overbook, things are going to go wrong. Exactly. And But the thing is, what's happening, as I think, and I'm a longtime conservative, all my life, love Sean Hannity, Trump supporter, and all this. But what I'm hearing lately on some of the shows disturbs me a little bit because it's almost like the way the media treated the Ferguson in this incident. Let's jump to judgment based on, on, on what we see right in front of us right now. That's not what's happening with the airline industry. They're taking these few incidents and blowing it up as though uh, the oh, airline you, crews have become dictatorial. That may be true, but it is becoming a more and more unpleasant experience. Yes, the it tighter is. seats, well, the overbooking. You don't hear any stories about. You don't hear stories about how bad the flight crews are being treated and well, how you, unruly passengers have you, become. You do hear that now and then. No, you don't. Not like you do when there's a flight attendant accused of hitting a woman with a baby with a stroller, which, by the way, in that story, got recanted. Yeah. The lady recanted the story. The flight attendant well, was not at fault. Hey, I don't mean to cut you short because you're the most interesting call, but uh, we're out of time. Monty, thanks a lot for calling. Uh, it's an interesting debate. It'll go on for a while until somebody solves this problem. Anyway, we're out of time. Sean will be back on Monday. Uh, you can go to my website, MarkSimone.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Mark Simone NY at Twitter, Mark Simone NY at Instagram. There's an amazing Trump picture up there you might take a look at. Uh, hey, and you get the iHeartRadio app. That's a good app to have. You can listen to uh, this show. You can listen to my show. Uh, and don't forget Hannity tonight, 10 o'clock on the Fox News channels. Take care. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. 
Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.